This is episode one of Healing the City podcast. My name is Eric Seepin. I want to welcome you to our very, very first podcast, where I'll be talking to Adrienne Crawford about her son Bentley and what it's like to raise a child with Down syndrome and the joys and the sorrows, the worries, the pure vulnerability of such uh, a task that God has laid out for her. Without further ado, let's talk to Adrienne. So, welcome to the recording studio, Adrian. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but um, how was your day? My day was good. I picked up Bentley from school and took him to the ENT because he keeps having problems with his ears. How many operations has he had on his ears? Like how many times tubes have been put in? Like four or five, I think. Um, do they put them in both ears? They do. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so hopefully. <laughs> so actually, we're going to be trying this new medication. This is fun. Oh, wow. The The physician sat down, Dr. Dean, and he said, okay, I'm sending in this medicine. You're going to go to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist is going to say, this is eye drops. It's not for your ears. And you're going to say, uh-huh, thank you. And then you're going to take the medicine home and put it in his ears. Um, because apparently they used to use it on chimps, and it really worked. But for some reason, they don't really use it for ears anymore, but he wants to use it in his ears. Interesting. So, yes. <laughs> so that's a day in the life of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So why don't you – this is a good start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Bentley – because you and I have done a podcast before, uh-huh. and we talked about him a little bit, but that was on a different podcast channel, and so maybe you could tell everybody who's going to listen to this yeah. who Bentley is. Yeah, so Bentley's in fifth grade, and um, he's been at the same school now for three years, um, and well, this is his third year, um, and this year he has his same teacher and his same aide, and... Um, or two aides, and then his friends, obviously, he knows. So it's really exciting. Um, It's his last year in the school, and I've already been in talking with them about new ideas and things I want to do. So there's a kindergartner in the school this year that uses a wheelchair, and she's the only child um, in the school that is a wheelchair user. And when her parents decided to enroll her, my friend told I'm not I'm not friends with this family at this point, but uh, my friend went with them to walk the campus because they say things are accessible, but then once you watch a child in a tiny little chair, you realize it's not. And so Um, That's been one of the projects at the school, and apparently we need a new slide at our school. And so instead of buying this, like, $10,000 slide, they want to put in this $100,000 playground. And I was like, if you're putting in a playground, then we need to make sure it's state-of-the-art, you know, accessible-friendly. But Wow, I I don't know if I've ever seen an accessible-friendly playground. What do they look like? Like, what are some of the things that you would see in a playground that's actually accessible yeah those are good questions so um 
you when you first think of a playground you think of how am I going to get the child from the car to the playground so you're going to need some type of sidewalk and then once the child gets to the playground what is the surface on the ground um, because is it wood chips because a chair is not going to go over right. wood chips is it rocks well that's not going to wheels get stuck, stuck in, in rocks, rocks. Um, so there's that um, it's it's like a rubber ground that you would really want of course it's the most expensive and so schools and parks don't want to pay for it but if we want to have playgrounds that are accessible then we need the child to get their chair to the to the apparatuses so for swings they have these swings that the chair can roll into um and then somehow um, and I, this is not my expertise, but they have ways of like making sure the child just like a, you know, like um, holding the chair down. Right. So that now the child can swing in their chair on the swing. Interesting. And they have playgrounds where the chair can go onto the platforms and down the slides. And, you know, engineers come in and figure out all the math on that. But that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So everyone can play. Yeah. No, that's really neat. Uh-huh. That's a really cool idea. So that's one of my projects with the school. The other project I have that's specifically for Bentley is trying to help build friendships. And I have always gone from the angle of me asking Bentley, who do you want to hang out with? Or maybe me connecting with a mom and being like, oh, we're friends. Like our kids are in fifth grade. Like let's get them together. And then the play date, you know, it's not. It has to be driven by the kids, and so maybe it doesn't go super well or it goes okay. So this year I decided right away to take a different approach, and so I wrote a letter to the fifth-grade parents, and I introduced myself and, and I introduced my son, and I said that um, he has Down syndrome and that we are so thankful for Canyon View, and I said... Um, I want to know if your child has talked about Bentley or wants to play with him, wants to come and swim, wants to meet at a park. And I put my phone number out to all of the fifth grade parents and said, wow, please really brave. contact me. It was terrifying. And let me know if your child wants to play because then it's coming from them. They have the power to sure. say yes or no. And so... Um, some parents contacted me, and then I had the burden of like, well, now I have to schedule play dates. <laughs> well, that's the thing about action. You take it. Yeah. And then it creates a whole new set of things that you have to do. That totally. That you weren't doing before. Yeah, and Bentley's birthday was last week. He turned 11, and so I... Um, that's mine. Yeah. He's 11. I know. It's crazy. Wow. And, you know... We've got stuff going on every weekend and soccer's about to pick up for the other two. And like literally last weekend, we didn't have anything on the schedule. So David said, my husband David said, let's have a birthday party. So I invited, I private messaged the parents who had contacted me and just said, come to our house. We'll have pizza and cake and swimming. And so like seven or eight families who I'd never met came to our home, which is super vulnerable. Wow. And we had a big pool party for Bentley. How'd it go? It went great. It was two hours, which is the perfect <laughs> amount of time. Yes. Bentley birthday only... party <laughs> should not be more than two hours. Yeah. They really shouldn't because they're chaos. 
Um, this was actually pretty calm. A lot of the parents stayed. You know, in fifth grade, kids are doing sleepovers. They're right. not doing pool parties anymore. Right. But, I mean, this family will be doing pool parties forever. But um, he only tried to dunk a few friends in the water. And, you know. <laughs> Overall, like, I think it went really well. And I was thankful that I took the leap. And now I just want to keep stay consistent and keep Bentley connected because he is going to go to sixth grade next year and they are going to be combining two elementary schools and it's scary I'm afraid you know of the bullying and the um just the access to technology and information and sure um so yeah so can you tell me a little bit about what it's like like maybe from the, the vulnerability side of things of like having a child who has notable challenges, right? Like people look at Bentley and they know he has challenges. And so, and then they engage Bentley and they know he has challenges, but you have to, you're sending him, you have chosen to send him out a lot and put him into spaces where he could be really disappointed. You could be hurt. Like, what is that like? Can you talk to that at all? Yeah, that is really hard. And the thing about Bentley is like, if you see him, chances are he's going to be very friendly right. and giggly and give you a high five or a fist bump or jump up on you and excited. But I think like people don't realize how fast he can change his like, like how he gets his mindset on something and then he wants to do it. Um, And so that's like the part where I want to keep where I keep my walls up is like I let Bentley be seen in very controlled ways. um, But I don't want them seeing like some of the real struggles that we have. And so I keep think like that. So like inviting people into our home for two hours, like I didn't know what Bentley was going to do. I didn't know if he would say not you when a child came to the door. Right. Or I didn't know if he would say, I don't want to swim and go inside or if he would like hurt kids in the pool. And his um, it's it's never intentional. It's just that he's very strong and he and he wants to play and he plays with a lot of adults. And so then when you take that same type of play, he doesn't understand that children are different than adults. And so he doesn't change his like even Clayton now, who's 10 knows when he's wrestling with Bentley, he can use more force than when he's wrestling with his little sister. Like, because developmentally he's understood that where Bentley still struggles. Um, so yeah, it's, um, so how do you, do you feel like at times like that when you do that, you're risking being judged, risking people saying things to you in a way that they don't understand? Like, yeah, I think I fear judgment a lot. Um, I also fear people not wanting him around or a rejection of our family. Like, you know, maybe you're making your Christmas party list and you're like, well, the Crawfords are a lot, so we're not right, going to invite right, we're, them. We're not going to put them. We're not, they're not inviting the Crawfords off because yeah. Bentley's a lot to, to handle. So usually like I'll just like remove him from situations. If, and, you know, some things are just like, 
at some point I also have to do what's best for him. So large crowds are hard for him. Right. Um, or chaos, like kid chaos, like parties, like Christmas parties. Right. Where kids are like running around and there's food and, and kids are having fun and all the parents are going to go home with crazy kids. Bentley's level of crazy is higher. And so he might break something um, or just be a little bit rougher and or get just... Last year we were at a Christmas party and he ran away. He ran out the front door and he ran around the block. <laughs> and one of the kids was like, Bentley went out the front door. And we were like, are you sure? And she was like, uh-huh, he's running down the street. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so out we went running down the street, you know, right. and then we find him. And then it's like the other thing people don't understand is how to engage him to get him back because you can't be like, you don't run away. Right. You don't do that because then he just shuts down more. It's like, hey, buddy. Wow, you're running. Where are you going? Where are we going? And then he'll tell you, like, I'm Dash from Incredibles. Oh, you're Dash. Wow, that's so fun. Let's be Dash in the backyard, (laughs) you know, Um, because that's just, I don't know, good or bad. Hard to say. That's what I have found to be a better strategy because you can't pick him up and you can't force him. And so, and you don't want him to shut down. So it's honestly, it's figuring out what is in your little mind and how can I help you do what you want to do in a safe environment? Yeah. But as a general rule, we don't do house, big house parties. Right. Um, It, it actually is, it, pulls you away from certain things that you might enjoy yourself yeah that you would find rich yeah because of of where bentley is makes sense so uh if you like somebody was like well i'd like to read more about you know what it's like to parent down syndrome children or what it's or what the plight of you know like just how society deals with those things like if there was one book that you could suggest to people what book would that be Oh, man. I know it's hard for you because you are a voracious reader. <laughs> I The book that comes to mind in this moment is My Heart Can't Even Believe It, which is by a woman from Phoenix um, named Amy Silverman. And she's been a journalist and she did political journal does political journalism for decades um, and is very like known in that world and then had um, two daughters and her younger daughter has Down syndrome who also had a heart condition that needed surgery. And so her book is both using her talents as a journalist to look at what is the history of disabilities, what is um, the history of Down syndrome, what is the science behind needing um, heart surgery and what are the statistics and what was the while also being like offering her human mom heart side um, and then kind of sharing the story I think through and I think she finished writing the book when Sophie was probably like 12 um, and so I went to a book reading and I loved it and I loved her she's 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 an activist um and especially like in her journalism and politics in phoenix um down syndrome is like a you know more of like it's her daughter and she's done a lot of like work for her daughter to get her into inclusive settings and stuff so anyway she had quite she had a question and answer and she said you know what kind of questions do you guys have and i raised my hand and i and i said 
this was three or four years ago. My son is in inclusive settings. Like, I love the things that you're saying. Can you talk to me about friendship? And she shook her head, no, and looked at Sophie, who was there. And Sophie, like Bentley, knows when you're talking about them. And she said, honestly, we need to talk about this later. But I will say it is hard. And she doesn't have genuine friends. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, knowing her education, knowing how she's fought for her daughter, knowing the things that she's done, and then to still have a child that struggles with friendships. Like, I very much identify with her. And I was like, okay, this is our, this might be our road, too. Yeah. You know, because, like, Bentley is so much fun, and he's such a goof. But, like, they're, you know, kids, like, aren't – he might not be the first kid that they invite to their house. You know, right. actually, a f- his best friend had a birthday party, I th- I'm pretty sure, and he didn't get invited. Now, I don't know – I haven't talked to the mom yet. I don't know if it was just football friends, if it was, but I saw pictures on Facebook with a birthday cake and mm. kids around it and Bentley wasn't there. And like, yeah, it broke my heart, you know, because I was like, this is like his best friend. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah. But at the same time, this child is amazing with him at school and, you know, sticks up for him. So That's cool. Yeah. Well, Adrian, thank you for our little test podcast. This yeah. Is fun. Thank you. Cool. <laughs>